Lonely song, the song's for you. Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, who were contemporaries, both said, not in the exact same words, but both said, never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Now, you've heard that. You probably didn't know who said it, but both of those guys said it or have been credited with saying that. Mark Twain said, never put off till tomorrow what you can do the day after tomorrow. Now, maybe you haven't heard that, but that's funnier, isn't it? And you like that one, yeah. And Annie said, I love you tomorrow, you're always a day away. So, you see, you have, <laughs> you have Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin both saying, never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. And you have Mark Twain and Annie saying, tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you tomorrow, you're always a day away. And that is when Mark Twain suggests that you do whatever it is you have to do. These two versions of tomorrow, manana, illustrate two distinctly different approaches to this work of self-development, of transformation. One is actually work, and the other is imagination. Clearly, if you're going to put off what you have to do today until tomorrow, or the day after tomorrow, or the day after that, then you're in imagination. You're thinking something imaginary. You're not really dealing with the reality of life. We'll talk a little bit about that. Sadly, the funnier of the two is how most people approach working on themselves. Yes, let's put it off till tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. Or the day after tomorrow, that's even better. It's easy to see why. Let me see. Okay, here's my choice. Let me see. Effort, no effort. Effort, no effort. Ah, let's see. Oh, that's a tough one. Ah, uh, no effort. I'll try that one. I, I like the no effort one. Or, I'll tell you what. Uh, I go to work, and I work eight hours a day, and they pay me this much money. Or, I stay home, and I watch television, and eat potato chips, and do everything that I want to do, which is nothing, and they pay me the same amount. Uh, let's see. Go to work, not go to work. Go to work, not go to work. That's no choice. You see, and that's how we are. We look at this like that's no choice. And this is an imaginary way to look at life. This is like looking at life through your imagination rather than looking at life through proper self-observation. The easier of the two lines of work is work on knowledge, obviously. Reading books, listening to podcasts, attending seminars, all those things. A lifetime can be passed in just this. There are people who just do that for a living. They are professional seminar attendees. They are professional podcast listeners. I got an email the other day that said, Oh, that last podcast, I know I gush about all your podcasts, but that last one was, I've listened to it five times already. And I said, Okay. I don't think that's a bad thing. I listen to them a number of times myself. And sometimes... There are some ideas that are so difficult for us that we need to listen to them over and over and over again, and that's fine too. But you also need to apply them. It's like Steve said. I said, well, I'm thinking of taking a vacation, no more podcasts for a while. You know, just stop the podcast. And Steve said, yeah, it's time to stop listening and start applying them. And that's a good idea. And Jess said, yeah, go back to the beginning. Start at the beginning. Start over again. And these are good ideas. These are absolutely good ideas. Mila asked me when I was in Macedonia, why would anyone listen to a podcast twice? And I just laughed. I thought, wow. And his wife answered him. She said, well, Mila, because when you're listening the first time, you get an idea and you start thinking about that idea and then you find out five minutes later you haven't heard a word he said. And you go back and you listen to it again. That idea doesn't catch you, but the one that you missed for that five minutes, that catches you. And you think about that. So if you think about taking a podcast in five-minute segments... 
then you, yeah, it will slow you down. It can take you a while. The reason I speak so quickly in the podcasts, heard some complaints about that, that I'm too fast, that I speak too quickly, is because you can pause it. It is a machine, and you can pause it. And when you pause it, you can think. I know. This is, what a concept, right? <laughs> this is like, wow, what a concept. Pause, think. Yes, pause and think. It's something that life doesn't let you do very often, but we do let you do it with a podcast. You can stop it, you can think, then you can start it again. You can go back, you can actually rewind and listen to it again. If you didn't get it, listen to it again. So a lifetime can be passed just doing that, just gathering knowledge. There are people who just, you've been in people's houses, they have books and books and books. Oh my gosh, Lori's house. Lori has all these books. I said, have you read them? No. But she keeps buying more. Why? Why do you buy more books? I imagine that if I have know the stuff and I'm doing the work. There you go. I imagine that if I have the books, then I must know the stuff and I must be doing the work. I paid the money. I bought the ticket. I must have the stuff. But it's like a lottery ticket, people. You know, you've got to claim it. You know, if you do win the lottery, let's say you buy the book. Let's say you, out of all the books, millions of books, you buy the one. You've still got to read it. And then you've still got to apply it. You've got to turn that lottery ticket in to get the payoff. Most people never shift into the second line of work, the application of the knowledge that they've collected to their being. It takes years for us to realize that we've got to apply these interesting and powerful ideas to our own state of being. What do you mean, my own state of being? I, huh? It's like, oh, how does that, what's that got to do with all this? Initially, we're consumed with sharing the ideas with other people. That's the first thing that people do. <gasps> oh, I'm going to buy these books and give them away. Here, they go around and they try to get other people interested in the ideas. We see almost immediately how much they need them. It's amazing. Wow, this would be so good for her. This would be so good for him. So we buy the books because we're really nice people, and we give them to those people. And then they're not interested, and it's so annoying. Mm -hmm. It's like, geez, it's annoying that they're not interested. Our philanthropic imagination can turn us into modern-day carry nations who end up doing ourselves and others much harm. For those of you who don't remember, well, none of you will remember Carrie Nation because she lived in the 1800s up until 1911. She died in 1911. So let me just give you a, a little thumbnail sketch of Carrie Nation because when I grew up, my mother used to talk about Carrie Nation. She's a real Carrie Nation, and, and I never knew who Carrie Nation was, so I looked it up to find out when I was a child. And Carrie Nation was a member of the temperance movement opposing alcohol during pre-prohibition America. She used vandalism to push her opinion on other people. What she'd do is she'd go into an establishment, a business that served alcohol, and she would attack the bar with a hatchet. And back in those days, they had wooden bars, and they were beautiful. And so this woman would come charging in there with this hatchet, bang, bang, smash, crack, attacking the bar. Her violent behavior was often tolerated because she was a woman. And back in those days, you got away with a lot more before, what do they call it, feminism? Before women had equal rights, they got away with a lot more. So she got away with it. But Carrie Nation personifies us when we press these ideas on others without first applying them to our own being. I'm not saying that sharing these ideas is a bad thing. I'm saying 
sharing these ideas without applying them first to yourself is an unwise thing. That's what I'm saying. It's a dangerous thing. It's a Carrie Nation kind of thing. Now, Carrie Nation described herself as a bulldog running along at the feet of Jesus, barking at what he doesn't like. And all I can say is, that's how we are. We determine what Jesus doesn't like, or what the work doesn't like, or what God doesn't like. And then we go along barking at people, like annoying little chihuahuas, barking at people, and then messing all over their lawn and their sidewalk and, and not paying any attention to what we're doing, but only well, what they're doing. And it's probably not a good idea. This is one of the big problems with the first line of work, getting knowledge. The knowledge is good, but knowledge mixed with imagination can really be deadly. You start to imagine that you're working, that knowledge isn't so good anymore. Now that knowledge becomes the very thing that is dragging you down and holding you back. Instead of applying knowledge to our being, we allow the self-love to apply it to our imagination. I bought the book. I mean, how many other people could go out and buy this book, put it on their bookshelf, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to get to it. I've got to go over to Lori's place and get some of those books and read them. You know, it's about time for a book. I re I'm, I'm a little behind. I'm reading books from uh, the 1400s. So it's taken me a while to catch up. And I'm a slow reader to boot. So, But the reason is because I try to apply what I'm reading. And I found that if you don't apply it, if you just read right through it, imagine you're applying it, you can get through a lot more, a lot faster. But if you're actually applying it, well, that's, that's a little more difficult. Imagination is then supported by internal considering and, and then is protected by self-justification. So we become inoculated against transformation through the ideas that we've gathered as knowledge. So we gather these ideas as knowledge. We get these ideas and we get hold of them. And then we imagine that we're doing them. And then our internal considering, we look at other people and we go, well, they're not treating me right. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And they're not treating me right. And then if we ever get a glimpse of ourselves, that we're not applying the ideas, then we justify ourselves. Well, you have the books, and well, why do you keep buying the books, and why do you not read them? Well, I imagine that by getting the books, I'm doing the work. And there it is. There's your justification. And people can see that. And people can see that you're doing the work because you have the books, exactly. And you'll people come in, hide your library. What I have to say is hide your library. Don't let people see it. If people see your library, it's bound to go to self-love. Oh, have you read all these books? Oh, well, well, not all of them. I'm still working on a couple. How many have you read? Uh, none. After tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, the day after tomorrow. Manana. I'll read the books manana. And I'll apply the ideas the day after manana. Manana por la manana. No, that's tomorrow morning, isn't it? Okay. I should probably stay away from Spanish. <laughs> so we get these ideas. We imagine that we're working with them. Then our internal considering... We think other people aren't treating us properly. We start to justify ourselves. And then we're inoculated. We become immune with the inoculation. We become immune to the work. And it's pointless now. It can't do anything to us because we have basically neutered it. Rather than apply the ideas to our being, we take our hatchet to the lives and works of others. In that holier-than-thou attitude, we dislike so much in others. The intelligence that seeded humanity with these ideas is capable of dealing with people in their unpleasant manifestations. <laughs> it doesn't need our help. We need its help. And we need our own help. 
we need to help ourselves by applying these ideas to our own being, to our own state of being. Most folks want to wait until manana, when things are better. Then they'll apply the ideas to their state of being. Well, think about it. This morning we talked about being pinned by negative emotions, being pinned by a negative state, like a wet mattress that's been thrown on you and you can't move, you can't get out from under it. Most folks wait until manana. Well, I'll, I'll deal with that tomorrow. Right now I'm busy being negative. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like that. Their thinking is this. When they're in a foul mood, they don't want to try to observe themselves. They don't want to try not to identify. When they have more time, they'll work on themselves then. Then they'll feel better. But right now, this is no, don't bother me now with this. Don't bother me with these ideas. I just want to kill somebody if they bother me. If I, see it. I don't want to hear it. You know, go do it yourself. Leave me alone. Do you know the state? We're stuck in this pernicious belief that work can wait until tomorrow. And our feelings are more important. We're stuck here thinking, well, my feelings are more important than the work. Whoa, hold on. Your feelings must be subject to the work. Your thoughts must be subject to the work. You must be subject to these ideas. Now, see, right there, right there, people are going to say, well, forget that. What do you think it means, obey the work? Obey these ideas. It means I'm not interested in obeying. Okay, then you're not interested in transformation. You're not interested in self-development. You're not interested in changing your level of being. If you're not interested in obeying something higher, you're not interested in raising your level of being. I don't care what you say. What others are doing always seems more pressing. We need to fix them. Then we'll feel better. And then we'll work on our being. If there's anything left to do after we've fixed all the other people. But you notice that there's really not much left to do after you get everybody else fixed. If you can just keep them in line, just keep them running right, you're fine, supposedly. Except that you can never keep them running right. They never stay fixed. Somebody always says or does something that annoys you, and the next thing you know, you've got to fix them again. The rude part of esoteric teachings is they tell us we must work on being now, on our own being now, especially when we're feeling bad, especially when we're feeling negative, hopeless, depressed, angry, and all the other host of negative emotions in all of the 36 flavors, or however many flavors there are. For years, people have told me they have no time to work or to meditate. Everyone gets the same 24 hours in a day, though. Valuation determines how we spend or invest those precious hours. Curtis came to me one time and said, he was in his mid-40s, I realized that I'm going to die and that my whole life I've basically wasted and I haven't really worked. And I'm going to die and it's time to get busy. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it's a wake-up call. Every once in a while we get a wake-up call. We realize we all have the same amount of time. Differs. What we don't all have the same amount of is valuation for this work. Some people have more valuation for the work, they find the time to do it. Some people have no valuation for the work, they never find time to do it. They're going to read the books manana. They're going to apply it to themselves manana. They're going to think about it manana when they feel better. Due to inner instability caused by many eyes reacting to life streaming events, our inner state is constantly fluctuating. This is the good news. Thinking that there's going to come a time like manana tomorrow, when life will pause and give us a break is completely counter to everything esoteric ideas talk about. 
It has nothing to do with waiting for a space, waiting for that peaceful moment, waiting for that time where you get a breather and you can stop the world and handle it. No, that's not what this is about. Living in the dream state that manana, you'll win the lottery and have time to work is a really low percentage way to live what's left of your life. Think about it. There are people who spend their lives thinking they're going to win the lottery. How many of them actually win the lottery? One. Maybe. And then does it give them time to work? Never. Track the people's lives who won the lottery. Their lives get worse. A lot worse. It doesn't work that way. It's all imagination. And the proof of it is the evidence that these people's lives turn to pure misery. There used to be a program on television, The Millionaire. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And this guy, he would, this rich guy, he'd send this guy out and the guy would he'd pick somebody and he'd give them a million dollars. And it was amazing. Then the story was about what the person did with the million dollars, what it did to their lives. And it was amazing how it ruined people's lives. Oh, please give me a million dollars. Okay, here you go. And then it ruined their lives. But it ruined, wouldn't ruin my life. Oh, no, because your life is all imagination. We love to think things are going to be so much easier and better tomorrow. We love to think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Morris Nichols said, It is this illusion which is wrong, and you should understand the work is about your state now. Stop identifying now. Stop internal considering now. Don't fall into the broad and deep trap of thinking someone else's development is more important than yours. Don't fall into that trap. Now, I know that you're already down in that hole. So try and reach up for the rope and get yourself out of there. Your development is more important than anyone else's because it's the only thing that you have to concern yourself with. You don't have to worry about anyone else. You only have to worry about yourself. You don't have to worry about whether other people develop or not. Your concern is whether you apply these ideas to your own state of being now. This work is clear on some things. It's very fuzzy on other things. It's very difficult to understand some of this. But some things it's very clear about. This is self-development. To develop, you must make right effort on your own being. Stop using your feelings as an excuse to put off till tomorrow, which you can do only today, now. This work, coming from conscious beings, must be applied consciously. It's not going to be applied mechanically. You think about, you think about it, someone wrote to me and said that someone else was working on them. Someone else had decided to save them, to warn them and to save them and to help them. And so this other person did all the things that they did to help this person, warn this person, save this person, keep this person from going the wrong way. And the person said, the amazing thing is, I didn't feel helped at all. I felt like I needed a shower. I felt unclean from the whole thing. Now, pay attention to this. Don't make your work other people. Make your work your own being. Work on your own being. Don't make your work what other people are thinking, doing, saying. Don't make your work fixing the world. Don't make your work carry nation's work of taking a hatchet to the bar. Make your work about you. Don't be a bulldog running along at the feet of Jesus barking at what he doesn't like. Don't be a bulldog running at the feet of Gurdjieff, barking at what he doesn't like. Don't be a bulldog or a chihuahua running at the feet of Ospensky, barking at what he doesn't like. Don't be a mutt running at the feet of Morris Nickel, barking at what he doesn't like. Instead, 
work on your own being. Work on being means working on your state of being at a specific moment, not tomorrow. It is applying the knowledge of these ideas to that state. Which state? The state you're in right now. How can you apply these ideas to the state you're in right now? That is what this work is. You applying these ideas to the state you're in now. Every moment that's squandered on negative emotions is a moment you'll not easily redeem for your development and transformation. Not easily. I'm not saying it can't be redeemed. It can be redeemed. But it's not easy. It's better not to squander your precious moments in negative emotions. No matter how justified you feel they are, no matter how righteous you feel you are, no matter how right you actually are, it doesn't help. You can be absolutely right. Maybe somebody did you wrong, and it's a horrible thing. Let it go. Let it go. You're dragging yourself down with your negative emotions. You're not touching them. You may think you are, but you're not touching them. You are only burning yourself. As I've said, work on being means working on your state of being at a specific moment, not manana. While you're in that horrible state, is the time to try to separate from the state. Don't wait until tomorrow when you're not in that state. When you're in the state, when you're in that horrible negative state, that's the time to try to separate, not justify it. Yes, that's right, I'm negative, and I like it. It feels good, and this is my idea of vengeance, and I want to do this, and I want justice, and I want this, and I want that. Great, good, good. Then just wallow in that negativity. Justify it. Rationalize it. Stay in it. Don't expect anything in your being to change. It's when you're in that state, that is when this work says you need to work. Stop in that moment. Separate from that state. Separate from identifying with it. Justifying it with internal considering. If you can do this, you will get powerful help from above. This work comes from a highly intelligent source beyond anything that we can imagine. It knows what you need. It knows how to help you. You must trust it. Don't trust me. Don't trust Gurdjieff. Don't trust Nickel. Don't trust Ospensky. Trust that the intelligence behind all of that knows and can reach you if you'll get to the place where you're willing to accept help. I promise you that someone who's trying to fix another person is not willing to accept help fixing themselves. They'll accept help fixing that other person. They call that a mob. So let's you and me get together and fix them. Come on, they're horrible people. You join up here and we'll fix them. You're not going to fix anybody. You're wasting your life and you can't receive help from above in that place. You've got to get to the place where you realize that it's your being that needs to change, not someone else's being. It's your being that needs to change, not someone else's being. When you get there, when you genuinely see that it is your being that needs to change and you're willing to get help, then you can get help. Before then, forget it. The only help you'll get is no help, not from above. You'll get help from below, but you'll not get help from above. And help from below will drag you under. Help from above will drag you up. And drag you is really the word. This is really true. It will either drag you down, one will drag you down, and the other one will drag you up. Because we aren't going to go either 
we're likely to go down a lot more easily than we go up. But being dragged up is painful. It's painful because there's so much expansion involved, so much contradiction involved, so much light involved. And the light can be very painful. It's why people love their darkness. It's very comfortable. Darkness is very comfortable for some people. Once your eyes have grown accustomed to it, bright light is harsh and painful. So don't put off till tomorrow, which you can do today. And certainly don't take Mark Twain's advice and put off till the day after tomorrow, which you can do today. And Annie is great if I love you tomorrow, you're always a day away. If you look at I love you tomorrow because... Because I love you today, and right now I love. If you can look at it that way, great. Good for you, Annie. Go for it. But this work is not about manana. It's about right now. It's about you. So do it right now in this current state. Whether it's a great state or a horrible state, it's a state, and it's not really you. It's a state that you're in, and it needs observing, and it needs work. You light up and